All right, welcome to Look at My Records. Very thrilled to have Vanessa Silberman here with me today. How are you? Good. Stoked to be here. Yeah, thanks for coming, and welcome to New York. You're living here now. You're originally from Los Angeles, transplant. How do you like it here so far? I I love it. Um, I love the energy. It's super inspiring. I just wanted kind of a change. Uh, I still travel a lot, uh, you know, for music and touring and, and, and work, music work. Um, but uh, I've spent quite a bit of time in, in New York before. So, you know, every time I'd, I've come here, it's kind of, I don't know, you know, man, it'd be so cool to live in New York. You're closer to Europe and and uh, there's such a an energy you kind of can't explain. Um but yeah, I'm, I'm digging it. Very, very new and different, too, from LA. <laughs> yeah, I think you're vibing with New York so far, and New York's happy to have you here. I've really been diving into your music, but you're so much more than just a musician, though. You have an extensive background, and you're kind of a jack-of-all-trades. You work in the music business as well. Tell me about your start in music, though, how you first got started. Um. I moved to uh, Los Angeles in my late teens, and uh, I went to music school for a very, very small period of time. And I just kind of thought, well, hey, you know, I'm gonna, you know, do my band thing. And but in the meantime, until I make money doing that, I, you know, I'll, I'll get a job in the music business. And you know, before I even got there, <clears throat> I was, I was, uh, you know just reading every kind of book I could about it and learning about songwriting and, and stuff. I, I grew up on Kauai. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You grew up in Hawaii all uh, until your late teens? Um, yeah, I kind of, I was there in um, until like kind of the beginning of high school and then I moved to the Bay Area. But growing up there was kind of like a real pivotal point because I didn't have TV or radio and I really discovered music there through like Columbia uh, 10 CDs for a penny and like you know getting magazines or VHSs from friends or you know just very organic stuff and that's really where I like was able to kind of seek out you know different artists and discover a lot of stuff so I think that um you know before having any idea of what bands looked like I could kind of only imagine and um, you know, that was, you know, before I, I, you know, ever played guitar, I was, when I heard, you know, like bands from Seattle, I was just like, oh my God, what is Yeah, this? what was that like to not have a huge exposure to, I guess, music like that, and then to suddenly discover it, it must have been uh, mind-blowing. Yeah, it was totally mind-blowing, and I, I think the minute I heard Nirvana, I was like, oh my God, like, you know, I have no idea what these guys look like, but (laughs) this is so amazing. And like, I just felt so connected to like being an artist at a very, very young age and said like, this is what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm in the middle of an island. Like, you know, it takes half hour, 45 minutes to get a gas station. And, you know, I don't know how, but I'm going to go play music and yeah. And when did you start r- first writing your own songs? Around that time or? Yeah, um, 
my dad's friend was a construction worker and um, he was helping out uh, at our house and um, he had an extra guitar. He heard that I was really into music and he's like, hey, you know what? I've got this hammer guitar and an amp laying, you know, in in my house and it's not being used. You want to check it out? And I was like, oh my God, yeah. So I learned on uh, electric guitar and, and I really had absolutely no idea how to play it and I constantly got, turn that down. <laughs> <laughs> so you're self-taught at first, like a lot of people, right? Yeah, I definitely felt my way around it very organically and then um, <clears throat> I got like a few lessons. Um, there was one fellow on the island who like, taught lessons kind of close by you know a lot of Hawaiian music and I remember bringing him songs and he's like oh my god this is so loud like, <laughs> so it was just such a different culture from you know Hawaii and all that but I I mean it's just so uh interesting just I guess the way I discovered it like my parents didn't play at all and uh Hawaii was like an early adapter to the internet so when I discovered the internet you know, uh, you could download songs from these secret sites like, you know, that Geffen Records and different labels didn't know about at the wow. time. And it would take like 24 hours to download a song. <laughs> and then I'd take my tape recorder and like record the song so I'd have them on tape. And Do you remember some of the early songs you downloaded through that medium? Yeah, like uh, a lot of Nirvana stuff, whole Sonic Youth, anything. Cool, it's yeah. amazing, yeah. And uh, yeah, that was really definitely I feel like I kind of discovered stuff a little lopsidedly um, than maybe most people uh, because of where I lived <laughs> it's really interesting and it's a, a fun origin story definitely I remember like the first time I ever heard Sonic Youth was blown away too so it must have been really something else totally I like the first time I ever heard them actually was this on this um VHS tape, uh, there was this compilation uh, video called The Year Punk, Punk Broke. Broke. Yeah, great. And seriously, I discovered so many bands through that. Nirvana. was yeah. When they went on that tour, right, Nirvana was yeah. relatively unknown. Uh, completely. In Europe, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of interesting. Or, like, you know, I had two friends or maybe two, three friends who had MTV at the time. And, oh, my God, when I would go over there their house it would be like up till four or five in the morning like oh my god what is this music videos and like it was just like whoa it's very cool so tell me so then you kind of moved to mainland united states <clears throat> when did you transition from music as a passion and hobby to really doing it professionally uh, when did that first start for you um probably when i was in school because <clears throat> While I was, you know, writing and doing my music and developing, I had a band uh, early on called Diamonds Under Fire. And while I was doing that, I uh, was learning about the business and um, I could get credits at school for, um, you know, my music business course. And so I was like, well, this is great. I'm going to take advantage of this and I'm going to intern everywhere I can. So I actually, um, I interned right away at uh, uh, Steve Vai that, there's a guitar player um, uh, who had a record label yeah. and I interned at Epitaph Records 
and I interned at Warner Chapel Publishing in the A&R department. So all of these were kind of right around the same time. And at the time, I immediately um, got, uh, as soon as I was done with school, hired at Epitaph Records. And I did what they called viral marketing, which is today what people were, you know, marketing for Instagram and Facebook. But at the time, we're going to chat rooms and just talk to kids <laughs> about records. Yeah, but the new Bad Religion record or yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, totally. Uh, we uh, At the time, there was an anti-label too, and they put out Elliot Smith's record and all, you know, Burning Heart stuff. I mean, it was just so cool because I was such a fan and I was just talking to other fans about the records. So at that time when you were really in the professional working music realm, were you still writing a lot of songs and touring as a musician regularly? Um, or? I was writing a lot and I was starting to play out and um, I didn't end up touring uh, till maybe a few hour, uh, f- excuse me, a few years after that because um, it took me a while to kind of <clears throat> develop my chops as an artist and like, you know, kind of try and meet the right people to play with and um you know at the time i had um a few people would come in the picture to help out um you know someone who wanted to manage me and uh kind of help mentor and um and then started touring uh but um yeah i mean i started working and making money in the business before i was you know, 21. Interesting, really interesting, because I feel like I know a lot of musicians that are just purely, like, don't work in the industry and stuff like that. Did you feel like you learned a lot of important lessons from working in music that you can apply to being a musician as well? Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of stuff just ended up happening by kind of default of, like, okay, I don't have enough money to pay for a website, so I'm going to just, like, learn how to HTML code and, like, you know, very the whole, DIY. Yeah, totally. And yeah. it, you know, it was kind of ironic interning at like Epitaph Records, or um, and then getting a job there, or like some of these other companies. But like a lot of this stuff was just like, okay, I need to figure out how to do this, and then I would end up, you know, kind of getting work from knowing how to do a certain skill. And so I've, you know, I've up till now I've I've had almost every kind of job you can think of in the business so I've just applied it to myself working with other artists you know being an engineer and producer having the perspective of you know being able to see ahead and plan or knowing what an artist needs being an artist or how to communicate better and and really understand and listen. Yeah, you do so much. I feel like I have so many questions. This this interview <laughs> could go for a while. So when did you start uh, engineering and producing other artists, since you also do that too? <laughs> yeah. um, I would say, um, seriously, as a career, in like 2012, I, I was recording demos with um, a producer engineer named John Lusto, and he was the in-house producer at uh, Studio 606. Uh, the Foo Fighters studio and he I you know I feel super blessed I got the opportunity to um, uh, he kind of mentored me and taught me you know how to record through consoles and patching and um, I kind of learned how to do pro tools and uh, learn about the studio environment before because I'd worked at a few studios I uh, I was an assistant to Dr. Luke um, 
and I worked for quite a few people, but it wasn't till really it's like I was soaking up a lot of information, learning a lot, doing a lot of different jobs. And then, you know, when I started working at 606 as the assistant engineer, um, that's when I like kind of just really jumped in and like really started learning and getting hired to do stuff. Awesome. And you also have an artist development uh, company as well? Yeah, I have an artist development label um, that specializes in developing artists kind of before their next step. Um, my main focus is, is um, you know, engineering, producing, songwriting. Um, once in a while and more in the past, I would do a lot of art for um, bands or artists, for uh, radio companies. Um, but I, you know, I work with pretty hands-on with bands and artists who, let's say, I record um, and I do, I have a distribution deal for the label. So it's kind of, you know, I've kind of worn every single hat. Yeah, definitely. Some some stuff I just won't, you know, um, I kind of, I... I've done tons of booking or, you know, writing bios, PR, and a lot of this just ends up being because I have so much experience doing it um, and a band or artist needs help doing it. And let's say they're not hiring someone to go to radio or hire a PR person. So I end up showing them how to do this, how to set up their songs uh, through a songwriter society, you know, you name it. It's just kind of, it's like helping. It's like... um. More of um, more of a hands-on, old-school type manager label, but with a new-school mentality. Um, and it just happens to be like what I do. <laughs> yeah, you must be very busy, I have to say. <laughs> yeah, I, honestly, it's so funny. This is the first time in <clears throat> oh, God, uh, quite a... like. In quite a few years when when I haven't been on tour, you know, I've been doing just a couple of shows and kind of just really um, not necessarily taking a break, but um, playing, but focusing on writing and and kind of recouping because um, for about three, four years, I was just on tour. I didn't have a home. I was going from tour to tour to tour to recording, recording, jumping around everywhere. all around the U.S. And um, yeah, I mean, it didn't allow for time for anything, you know, myself included. And um, that life can be um, super fulfilling, but also very hard. Yeah, it's got to take a toll on you for sure. Yeah, so. (laughs) So I do want to talk about you released two singles this year, right? Yeah. Love and the other one is called... I got a reason. Tell us a little bit about these songs. Do you have any other singles on the way as well that you've been writing? Yeah, actually. um, So those two singles are from an EP uh, that's coming out in September. Uh, Actually, September 20th. Um, um, These are some songs that I did with my friends, um, Reed Mullen, who's uh, from the band Corrosion of Conformity. Wow, awesome. And uh, my friend, uh, our friend Michael Ross. And um, and then... uh, uh, Lou, uh, my old mentor and his assistant, uh, helped mix it. And uh, I have another friend, Jet, who mastered it. And um, it's it's uh, the songs that um, I've been, you know, touring on um, for the last few years that really the recording is very raw, um, but all have like very purposed messages. And 
um, a lot about my whole thing, which is a lot of giving people hope and positivity through music. Yep, I can definitely hear that in the songs. And so since you do a lot of producing and engineering, do you self-produce your own songs or do you like to have someone come in to maybe have another ear or help you out? You know what? I, I do. And uh, a lot of like part of my whole solo um project and and records and releases is is collaborating um more recently i've been doing demos and and recording everything on my own but um with with this uh recording like for example don't um the recording me and reed when we were tracking i was running into the control room pressing record and running back and and playing (laughs) and um you know, and then and uh, my friend Michael helped out. So, and you know, it's it's really nice to have also, um, you know, another perspective too. Um, like having someone mix it, like where it's like I'm, you know, I know my vocals, or or I like to track my vocals a lot myself. But it's also very helpful to have some outside perspective or. Um, someone else mix it or just have a second ear like I'll often you know um ask really close friends or um you know people who just you know hey can you check this out because when you're tracking everything recording everything so close to something and mixing everything it's just hard to get an accurate perspective yeah. and you're like okay i've worked so many hours on this i need to just get away from this <laughs> and how about your approach to songwriting is it kind of something you do very much on your own or do you like to collaborate maybe bounce ideas off of people um i do actually a lot of co-writing um on the business side with a lot of artists and i really enjoy it um for my music like the lyrics are always you know, something that I you, yeah. write, unless it's a collaboration. On my first EP, I had an artist who was part of my label. Uh, his name is Derek. And um, there was a song that I wanted to do. And um, I had heard him rap in a rehearsal with his band. And I was like, oh, my God, that's so cool. I was like, I want to do a collaboration with you. So that was one of these situations where I was um, like a co-write and I it was just perfect for what it was and um so i i enjoy both um and i think it's really nice to um you know when the timing's right bring in other people or have just you know a different perspective and and grow actually before when i was a very younger artist i was very close-minded and close-minded about music and you know just very precious with stuff and i think working and engineering and producing and working with so many people i just opened up a lot more over the years and i really enjoy it It can be really magical very cool and do you have any live shows you have live shows coming up right yeah um what's the setup like when you play live since you're a solo artist do you usually play by yourself or do you play with a backing band all different scenarios i've had a lot of different friends who i tour with back me um Reed and Michael have backed me for a couple tours. Um, I toured solo a lot um, by myself, as well as with um, another artist from Boston, Carissa Johnson. Um, and then I've had various friends back me, um, you know, for just different tours. It's like a three-piece or a two-piece. Um, coming up for um, my EP release, 
I'm doing this really exciting collaboration with um, Modern Vice Boots, uh, who's presenting it, and um, uh, a couple local of my favorite uh, bands and artists, uh, Shark Muffin. They're awesome. A Deer Horse. They're also awesome. And, both, uh, both managed by my friend Randy, oh, who I've had Randy's on the show. Randy's cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. And then an artist who I love, uh, Christine Young. Cool, I'll have to check her out. That's the only one I don't know. She's amazing. Um, And so, and this is going to be more of a stripped down thing. And then um, I'm doing some shows coming up. Um, My friend Ryan Carnes is um, playing drums for me. And um, yeah, so I I have a ton of different friends. And touring, you know... um, Making, you know, living touring, I you kind of, ha- I mean, I feel like when it's at a in a DIY kind of setting, you know, where you're funding it and building it yourself, you end up kind of doing all different kinds of stuff. I mean, I would do solo tours and then meet a drummer 30 seconds before I'm about to play and like be like... Hey, you want to play on this song? And <laughs> Just keep a beat. <laughs> yeah, and literally yeah. that's what would happen. And you know what? It um, that has been super exciting. You know, I'll, I'll meet bands or um, come through um, on tour. You know, a few different times. Like I had a, a friend, Dave. Um, uh, Bonson from Madison who toured with me a bunch but the way I met him was through Christine and he was a booker and he was like hey anytime you come through I'll play play with you so I've had a lot of friends like this who I've developed who I really appreciate and it allows me to connect with the community um Awesome. It's very cool. Everything you're doing is awesome. And it's so great to hear your very unique and interesting story. So thank you for sharing it with us. Thank you. And so you're going to play a couple of songs here live. <laughs> what songs are you going to play? And tell us a little bit about the songs you're going to play. Um, I'm going to play Love. That's my most recent single. Most recent single. single. Great song. Yeah. And that, that song is, is really, um, if you've ever broken up, had heartbreak, um, you know, felt like you're never going to find love. This song is about reassuring you that it's out there and to not lose faith and and to have some hope and, you know, that it can, you know, find you. And it's, it's also a mix of, you know, lyrics play on some interesting Hollywood stuff and, you know, some experiences I've had. And, yeah. And uh, I Got a Reason is... Um, all about developing and growing, I think, as, as an artist and a person, because when you're younger, you haven't really gone through a lot. And it's not until you really go through a lot that it gives you a reason to do things in life, you know. And I, I feel like um, it took me a while as an artist, like I uh, had to go through, through a lot and really find, like, without people telling me, hey, this is how it is, I had to go discover that for myself. And, and um, you know, getting by being an artist and making a living as a touring artist, you know, if you've ever done that for a few years and slept on floors and, you know, just tried to figure it all out, um, you know, and sacrificed a lot to do it because of of music and love, you know, that'll give you a reason to do, do it, you know, or qu- quitting your job. So many people go through yeah. that. Um, yeah. And, and it's about giving people courage to like follow their heart, whatever. That Wonderful. Is. 
Yeah. And then one more. You got one more song. Um, I'm going to play "Don't" my next single, and "Don't" is is Very purely exciting, yeah. a loud uh, song that, to me, really stands for um, everything that I've done and and do um, as far as me as a person connecting with other people, especially on tour. This is uh, "Don't" a song that, for me, really is translated live really well, and I often have. Um, you know, collaborated with tons of different drummers from around the country who've played on this song. And it's just seriously just all about fun and just connecting with the audience and people for this. It's all about energy. Amazing. I'm so thrilled that you're performing live here. It's always a treat to see someone play live here. And here we go. Vanessa, take it away. I'm Vanessa Silverman, and uh, this song's called Love. Love and pain, like a crazy train, with a golden chain. Rich and racy, but it don't faze me. Hollywood fame, like a hurricane. Rushing through my veins Somewhat hazy Hang with Jay-Z And I still faith in my heart I love you by you
right, this one's called I Got a Reason. Been in love, lost some friends, had to rebegin. Failed school, but got a future. Don't need to change my plan. Quit my job, drive roads. It's why give a damn. Got a reason. Thank you. Um, this last one's called Don't. This isn't a tragedy. Where's my comedy? Saying it in my mind. Gonna know friends of mine. Feel it in my mouth. Put it to my Words won't get in our way Give us 
This isn't a tragedy Where's my comedy? Saying it in my mind You're an old friend of mine Feeling in my mouth Burning to my sorrow Don't get close to me Too close with my enemy Lost all my sympathy On the hate for you and me We're back. Vanessa, thank you so much for playing those three wonderful songs. Live right here, we heard your latest single, Love, I Got a Reason, and Don't. And all three of those songs are on your forthcoming EP? or It's, it's actually it's my uh, second EP. Um, I have a few singles that came out between yeah. the last one. Um, but yeah, and uh, this is the first official announcement of those dates. Cool. So, Off of yeah. the forthcoming coming second ep by vanessa silberman can't wait to hear the rest of the songs and now we're transitioning to the second portion of the program where you picked some records from my record collection which by the way it was like you were like pick four i'm like man this is so hard hard. yeah it was really hard i was like all right i just gotta pick (laughs) okay first up the breeders invisible man probably my favorite song on that record What's that record called again? Um, oh, gosh. Last Splash. <laughs> it's okay. We could edit this out. So. Yeah, it is okay. Last Splash. So first pick, Last Splash by The Breeders, and you picked Invisible Man. Was that one of the early bands you heard in Hawaii, possibly? Um, so <laughs> the, totally. It's, it's like one of those bands, like growing up and, and like my early let's say influences there was only like kind of only a, f- a few female you know fronted bands it was it was like the breeders l7 and hole and then like some of the other um smaller seattle bands but i was so far away that i i wasn't really able to discover yeah. some of those till later on but um uh just kind of growing up and stuff i'd often kind of get compared oh you know like kind of sound a little bit like the breeders and to me like uh it was a prime example of a you know an amazing like you know female fronted bands you know coming from the pixies too that were successful so and they had like commercial sounding songs so for me um i thought like um i was like this is uh so cool and and was a very big influence on me and inspiration and um i i uh a couple years ago i opened up for um kelly's other bands awesome yeah that's amazing which was super cool but um yeah i mean they they really helped you know they were one of those bands that really helped you know set the the bar and tone and it's it's interesting because you you at first identified like nirvana and sonic youth the breeders they're similar, but like kind of like not as dark. At least some of the stuff. Totally. So were you immediately drawn to their their sound as something different sounding back in the day, or? Um, I think it probably more of a, a, a later thing, and I would hear their name. Yeah. Their name would come up. So um, it wasn't until like a little bit later that I like really um, 
kind of dove into that. I feel like I even heard them before I ever heard the Pixies, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it was really cool. I, I had a chance. Um, one of the jobs that I had, I, I worked for a friend um, who um, was the marketing manager at um, Atlantic Records when that record was put out. I think it was Atlantic. And, um, you know, she was kind of telling me about it. So it, it was really cool. I think a lot of women were kind of involved in, you know, that record. And, and um, yeah, I mean, it's totally cool. I mean, I would say, like, some of their lyrics are probably more quirky or... Um, uh, not yeah, like not so as dark or yeah. or something or as grungy like, sounding. Yeah, yeah as a C- compared to the Seattle bands of that era. Totally, but yeah. I I think I really liked it because it was like okay, cool. There's still some sort of like rawness or edge to it, but it's commercial. Yeah, and I was always like I felt always more um, like I was always after the song. Like I wanted a chorus to hang on to. Yeah. Like with Nirvana, that that's easy. Yeah. Um, I think for you know the female artists, I, I really sought that out for something with Edge. But you know the accessibility, um, you know, and I I really loved like Live Through This or like um, Bricks Are Heavy by L7 or um, there were some other songs, um, you know. Uh, that like maybe uh, crossed over on a few of those more grungier bands um, or noise bands um, from around that time. Yeah. Did you get a chance to see L7 on their like recent tours they've been no, doing? I, it was cool that they've been touring again. So That's cool. very cool. I've had a couple friends who've gone. Uh, I really wanted to see them. I just I did not have a chance. I think I was in the studio when they came here. Uh, I think they'll be back. Yeah. I'm feeling they'll be back. And we'll go. We'll all go. Because be awesome. I went and I saw them in Jersey City. It was awesome. Maybe they'll need an opener. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they will. But uh, great first pick to kick things off. Second one, Sonic Youth, Sister, Schizophrenia. Really powerful song. I think this is written about Kim Deal's brother, mostly. So I don't even know what it was written about. All, all yeah. I know is it was the very first Sonic Youth um, song that I ever heard from the VHS The Year Punk Broke yeah. 1991 and to me I was like whoa this is so cool and um, like it's like with that band it's like um, you know all their songs might not be commercially accessible but they like almost like make choruses out of their noise yeah. and stuff um, but yeah, that was, you know, Sister was the first Song Youth record that I, like, really got in, introduced to and uh, when I was living in Hawaii. And I was, it was like a trip. Yeah, it's definitely a trippy record that'll blow, knock your socks off, definitely. <laughs> and I said Kim Deal, I meant Kim Gordon, though, at oh, the time, because <laughs> we were talking about the breeders. But I meant to say Kim Gordon, excuse me. But, yeah, this record is awesome. I wish Sonic Youth was still together and not broken up yeah totally i mean that is so cool that they stayed around so long um but uh yeah uh they're very influential uh bands there's so many other like bands yeah for their 30 years their longevity was really impressive totally distinct eras of their sound and you know their stuff in the early 90s too which is more like a little more mainstream sounding it's still really good they went with the times which was really cool and developed too yeah yeah 
All right. So we got Schizophrenia by Sonic Youth. So <laughs> next up, we've got the record Jamboree by Beat Happening, Indian Summer. Did you also find out about Beat Happening through Kurt Cobain? Because I feel like I did. I totally did, yeah. like so many other people. And um, to me, I, I picked this song and this record because um, Calvin Johnson, to me, like uh, his, you know, the the way that the influence he had on that whole um, Northwest scene and the DIY uh, mentality and ethics and you know releasing tapes um, I'm like super stoked and grateful I got to open up for him uh, a couple of years ago cool. and, and and know him and um, it to me like he he was like uh, just a really you know influential and um, inspiring and and really kind of a little bit ahead of his time. Yeah. You know, a lot of these tape labels now, I mean, if it wasn't for him, I don't think, you know, that that would be the, so much of the culture. Um, and, um, yeah, I picked that song because they, they they were like, you know, before the the burger and the lollipop and, you know, all these, you know, more lo-fi garage stuff. I mean, Beat Happening was, was that out of the uh, 80s and 90s. Yeah, I always really looked at Beat Happening. I thought they took like the minimalism of punk, but then applied it to different sounding songs, kind of. Totally. Yeah, yeah. and, um, you know, too, like, Calvin's like a total, complete artist. And, yeah, just uh, most of the people are, I think, who have inspired me um, have been somewhat, you know, artists and business people or you know just kind of think beyond just being, yeah you know just playing on stage and stuff wonderful choices vanessa we're gonna play them now invisible man by the breeders schizophrenia by sonic youth indian summer by beat happening and we'll be back to wrap up the show Thank you. 
Breakfast in cemetery Boy tasting wild cherry Touch girl apple blossom Just a boy playing possum We'll come back for Indian summer We'll come back for Indian summer We'll come back for Indian summer What is that cheerful sound? Rain falling on the ground We'll wear a jolly crown Buckle up, we're wayward bound We'll come back for Indian summer We'll come back for Indian summer We'll come back for Indian summer And go a separate way I touch your hem, you say Let's stroll down Martin Way Pick plums, abandoned farm let norms come to harm We'll come back for Indian summer We'll come back for Indian summer We'll come back for Indian summer And go a separate ways Cover me with rain Walk me down the lane I'll drink from your drain We will never change no matter what they rain We'll come back for Indian summer We'll come back for Indian summer We'll come back for Indian summer And go our separate Cherry, picnic on wild berries, French toast with molasses, croquet and baked Alaskas. We'll come back for Indian summer. We'll come back for Indian summer. We'll come back for Indian summer. Cover me with rain. Vanessa with the killer picks from my record collection. Again, you heard Invisible Man by The Breeders, Schizophrenia by Sonic Youth, Indian Summer by Beat Happening, and Ever Fallen in Love by The Buzzcocks. Vanessa, thank you very much again. Thank you. Great selections. Sadly, we're coming to the end of the episode, but it was such a pleasure having you performing live. It was excellent. And so, just once again, when's your EP coming out? Uh, it's coming out September 20th. September 20th. And Vanessa's on Facebook, Vanessa Silberman. Official. Official. It's the official account, people. <laughs> on Instagram as well, Same all thing. social medias, Vanessa Silberman. Official Twitter as well. Uh, v Silberman Music Twitter, the only exception. Bandcamp. Is there um, stuff on Bandcamp for purchase, for it, digital download? It is actually in the process of being okay, put cool. up, but uh, it's on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, 
Apple Music, oh, all streaming everything. services, and your next show again is September twentieth uh, with Shark Muffin, a deer, a horse, and Christine Young at Modern Vice, and it's free. Awesome. But RSVP on Facebook if there's yes. a Facebook event, everyone. Totally. And there's an uh, Eventbrite uh, event RSVP link as well. And uh, you can RSVP and it'll give you the chance to win some free, amazing Modern Vice boots. Ooh. Yeah. You guys can't go wrong there. Free boots. By the time it's September 20th, too, it'll almost be fall and winter. Perfect, Perfect boot weather. So find it on Eventbrite, Facebook. Vanessa, thank you so much. It was such a pleasure to have you on the program. We're going to end the show with the brand new single from Desert Sharks. They're going to be my guests next week. They also just dropped a music video for this song. It's called Dating with a question mark. Off of their album that's coming out on September 27th on Substitute Scene Records. We'll see you next week, and they'll be here. This is Dating.